Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Attention to Detail. Uh, welcome back after a little break. We just made it to a hundred episodes and we had a big uh, celebration episode where we had a nice fun classical music adjacent quiz for, for Hannah and for our listeners. So hopefully you'll go check that out if you haven't already. But today we are back. I am recording back in Michigan. Uh, I'm at home for a couple weeks. And so joining me, a return guest on the podcast, he's made a few appearances, is my brother, Josh. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be back. So Josh has come on to help me. Um, Josh has, has watched a fair number of movies, I'd say. I am less of a, a movie person myself, although I've, I've seen several of the ones that we'll be talking about today. But what we're aiming to do today is to rank our 10 favorite pieces by the great American composer and film scorer, John Williams. Probably nearly everyone, if not everyone who's listening to this podcast, has heard, if not one, many film scores pieces by John Williams. They're incredibly recognizable, some of the most popular pieces that orchestras around the country perform. So we're here to rank our top 10 list of, of pieces, short pieces by John Williams. Now, just some of the kind of details of what we'll be doing We've decided that, you know, John Williams' full film scores are too big for this podcast. So we've said that any individual piece from the soundtrack can make this list, but we've limited it to a maximum of two pieces from any given film. So we can only use a certain film maximum twice, don't have to use it twice, but a lot of the you know, famous films have many, many songs, pieces on their soundtracks. And so we've limited ourselves to those two instead of ranking the full soundtrack, because really that's a much more extensive process, talking about all of the intricate details of the music when there's a scene going on. So we've just picked kind of standalone John Williams songs for our top 10. So Josh, before we, briefly before we launch into the uh, meat and potatoes of our list. I'm curious, what is it about John Williams that you particularly like in a composer and, and specifically a film composer? Well, for me, I think John Williams always finds a way to compose some of the most memorable themes from films um, that we've ever heard. And always, you know, whenever I go into a movie that the score is written by John Williams, I always feel myself humming the themes after I walk out of the theater and for the rest of my life. So I think he does an excellent job um, of writing those epic, memorable themes that we all love. Yeah, for sure. One of the greatest theme composers and also, uh, you know, just a, a flair for the dramatic, but in the best way that makes these movies really come alive. I remember when I saw Star Wars live at the ISO and you could experience the, the power of a symphony orchestra playing this stuff and then they would stop playing and there would be relative silence while the movie was playing. It was a great illustration of how incredibly powerful the music from these movies actually is. And I think it's something we don't always realize when we're watching the movie because often it's in the background, but then if that's not there, you realize just how great 
how great music this is but also how great of a composer john williams is oh absolutely and i mean there's plenty of movies that i've seen where you you don't remember the music after you leave you just remember the content of the movie but it seems always with john williams movies you remember the music and it's an integral part of the movie which i think he does better than any other composer which is bringing the music as a part of the movie as opposed to a backdrop for the movie yeah for sure i know i think that's 100% 100% right. So, great composer. Uh, love that we're featuring him here on the podcast. I mean, I think the other thing is that a lot of people think of John Williams as more like pops as opposed to classical. Often in orchestras, we have this division between pops and classical, which is a kind of hazy division anyways. But I think John Williams just full stop, pops, classical, anything, is one of the greatest orchestral composers who ever lived. And whether he's pops or classical, I only say this because we're primarily a classical music podcast, but absolutely uh, someone who I want to feature on this, this podcast. So one more quick thing before we actually get into our lists, we should just talk a little bit about our criteria for ranking these pieces. So Josh, what, what types of things did you think about? Obviously this is a very subjective and somewhat vague method of, of ranking pieces, just us deciding, but what did you think about when you were choosing some of your favorites? Yeah. So most of the pieces that are on my list are movie soundtracks. So how much I liked the movie absolutely played into my decision. So I have a bias towards movies that I liked more than others. Um, but I also considered how much the music has an effect on the movie and how how well you remember the music from the movie. Um, and also just based on how the, you know, the ear, the ear test, how well you liked it on first listen. Yeah, I think that's, and I think one of the interesting things is how much of why we like these movies is attributable to the music itself. So I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a fair kind of criteria to use how much you like the movie itself because I think the music supplements that and Harry Potter without the music or Star Wars without the music probably wouldn't be the same it would be hard to even evaluate so same for me and I think also the ear test like you said is is the best one just just which one's the most fun to listen to so that's really what we're ranking here. Uh, it's meant to be a, a fun exercise, and hopefully our listeners will play along too. I'm curious to hear what they have to say as well. So as always, please feel free after the episode to, to reach out at our website, attentiontodetailpod.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your lists. And if you're enjoying the, the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe us. So let's uh, let's dive right in with uh, what's your 10th choice? We're go- we'll go bottom to top, or I guess highest number to lowest number, we'll save our number one rankings for last. But what did you have in your in your 10th spot? Uh, so for my 10th spot, I chose the Revolutionary War classic movie, The Patriot. Um, I've heard this one very recently. You conducted it at the uh, Indianapolis Symphony Fourth of July concert. Um, and I really like it because it incorporates a lot of Revolutionary War themes. As we know, John, John Williams is the master of his own themes, and occasionally he'll steal some. But he incorporated the fife really well, and then obviously an epic ending. Yeah, I think for sure. And like you said, it's a, it, it captures the spirit of that movie really well. One of the things I think John Williams does really well, which I'll mention in a sec, but we can touch on now too, is that 
he has a very effective American sound when he needs it. And in this movie, he definitely uses that to his advantage. So Patriot was seventh on my list. I'm a big fan of, of this one. Um, this is the suite from The Patriot, the a kind of compilation of music that he put together for a, a concert performance version. So we'll listen to a little bit of the ending of this one, such a great piece where he, and such a great moment where he brings all these amazing themes from the, from the movie together. start oh yeah such a good uh ending to the patriot and classic john williams dramatic big brassy ending so love that piece so yeah 10th for you seventh for me so my 10th spot i i gave to a non-film piece by john williams that and, and it's also not kind of what we associate necessarily with standard john williams but i think it's one that's good to highlight because of what we were just talking about this amazing American sound. And you were mentioning John Williams being a real borrower of themes. Um, for this piece, it's called Air and Simple Gifts. And he wrote this for the inauguration of Barack Obama. It was played by Yo-Yo Ma, Itzhak Perlman, Anthony McGill, Gabriela Montero. Amazing performance. Um, apparently what I heard is that they actually had to do that performance effectively lip-synced because it was so cold outside and they couldn't play but the piece is is I actually think it's an amazing piece it's not only very uplifting but just compositionally it's a very impressive piece for the the kind of piano quartet in this case with clarinet genre and it's a great example for me of how John Williams is not only just this dramatic bombastic get you riled up composer he can also write very tender, sublime, poignant pieces like, like this one. Um, but he took the theme of simple gifts from, it's originally a, a shaker hymn, but it was famously used by Aaron Copeland in Appalachian Spring and another quintessential American piece. And so he, he borrowed it again for this very American occasion, the inauguration of Obama. So here's a little clip from Aaron's Simple Gifts, a, a wonderful piece by John Williams.
right, so there's a little selection from Air and Simple Gifts. So that one, did you have that one? I did not have that one on my list. I um, That one was a little bit too pensive for me. I thought that since we're in the John Williams genre, I had to go for the classic loud brass themes, and that's also my favorite type of John Williams. So although that is a fantastic piece, I do like it. I like it. So in any case, we're on to you again. Number nine. Uh, what do you have in the number nine spot? Uh, in the number nine spot, I have the main theme from E.T., the extraterrestrial. I lo- This piece is fantastic and also an incredible movie for the time. Um, and it's, it's a fantastic piece with incredibly loud, characteristic John Williams brass at the finish. Um, and overall, just a fantastic piece. Yeah, E.T. for me is much higher, I have to say. I think E.T. is one of my favorite pieces of all time by John Williams. And specifically, he made this concert arrangement called Adventures on Earth, which is kind of like a lot of his concert arrangements takes uh, snippets from various points in the movie. But E.T. Adventures on Earth for me was second overall, so very high on my list. I think part of the reason is also somewhat sentimental or like I love conducting this piece. It's a a really fun adrenaline packed piece to conduct. Um, But in any case, glad it at least made your list for me. Number two, it's just so, so good and so varied in character. E.T. the movie, I understand like, you know, E.T. the movie is not necessarily my favorite of the movies on this list. But here's an example of where I feel like the the music just puts it way over the edge. So in any case, number nine for you, number two for me, here is a little clip from E.T. Adventures on Earth. Does that sound like Jupiter from the planets? You know, it does a little bit, actually. Uh, Good call by you. Great, great classical music knowledge there. Uh, Jupiter by Holst. Our devoted listeners will know this from, among other things, our last episode where the piece made a brief appearance. But very memorable uh, piece and relating to outer space. So good call there. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's a similar opening. You know what I was also thinking about, and we'll, we'll talk about this throughout this episode, the ways in which John Williams borrows kind of stylistic language, but also sometimes actual themes from other composers. I, I think it was Stravinsky who said that good composers borrow and great composers steal. So, you know, it's not a knock on John Williams that he he takes stuff from from other people. It's it's almost impossible to write a theme, in fact, that it hasn't been composed in some similar form somewhere else. But what I was noticing is actually so um, at this at this opening, you, you hear this um, this set of intervals or distances between two notes. The the opening of of E.T. goes like this. 
And so the primary notes that you're hearing are... And it reminded me, you know, those that collection of notes, very similar to the opening theme from another kind of sci-fi-esque movie, Back to the Future, which starts like this. And then... But the same primary notes of... It's the same configuration of notes that they use in, in Back to the Future. And then interestingly, I also realized, so the main kind of like E.T. character theme from this space-ish movie, space-themed movie is, it goes. And so the main notes there are. And the opening, the, the next theme from Back to the Future is... So it uses those same notes, just like E.T. Um, same with, I'm just thinking of other pieces, but Bernstein's West Side Story, which is not sci-fi themed. That's where that's really famous from. But in any case, it's an example of how John Williams uses the kind of language style of, in this case, sci-fi. You know, you've got other movies that use similar intervals and tonal systems. And then for a movie like The Patriot, it's completely different. He's borrowing from Copeland and other American composers. So in any case, I think it's a mark of a great composer, like we said, and not someone who's 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 stealing in, in the bad sense of the word. So that's E.T., number nine for you, number two for me. So it's back to me, right? I think. Yeah, it's yours, number nine. So my number nine, I chose for this one, one of John Williams's many Olympic theme songs. Uh, it's very topical because we just had the Olympics and another one coming up very shortly. Um, and hopefully the next one, Josh will be uh, competing, maybe. Or yeah, hopefully. Know, in 2024, we'll be going for it. Yeah, uh, Josh is a very accomplished rower in addition to being uh, someone who knows holsts the planets just yeah. like the back of his hand. So John Williams wrote several themes for the Olympics and the one that I've chosen in my number nine spot is Summon the Heroes. Uh, everyone I think who has watched the Olympics will immediately recognize this one along with probably the other ones but I love this one just because like all of these Olympic themes, really, it captures that kind of Olympic spirit and the spirit of high performance, but also in the most kind of epic way. This is a very dramatic performance of this piece for the opening ceremonies of the Atlanta Games with John Williams conducting, which is awesome. And everyone should go check out on YouTube with like 30 trumpeters playing on the top of the Atlanta football stadium, I think so. In any case, here's a little clip from Summon the Heroes, which I'm sure all of our listeners will, will recognize. Wait, where did Summon the Heroes come? Did it make your list? That one definitely made my list. That's a little up, up higher for me because also as a past percussionist, uh -huh. there's a huge timpani part in Summon the Heroes, which seems like it would be incredibly fun to be the percussionist playing the timpani in the Atlanta Stadium in 1996. So I... I love that piece. That one's at six on my list. Okay, nice. So really good one and also would be is a fun one for the trumpet players. So here's Summon the Heroes, my ninth, Josh's sixth, one of his Olympic fanfares.
So in my number eight spot, I have something, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, <laughs> but it is a fantastic piece of music, a great American theme, and that's the theme from Superman the movie. Nice. Um, nice. I, I am not a huge fan of the new Superman movies, but our dad obviously showed us every old classic movie that ever existed, so I have seen these Superman movies, and I very distinctly remember the theme from it, um, and it's, you know synonymous with Superman, Clark Kent, and all the American values that John Williams tries to put forth in his themes. Yeah, for sure. I think that, and this one is, this one to me is one of the most like just classic John Williams is March, trumpet, very dramatic, heroic, sounds a lot like in some ways some of the other ones that we've already played, but in any case, Superman did not quite make my list. I don't know why it just, uh, didn't have the same pizzazz as some of the ones coming up, but in any case, another, it's a wealth of options that we have here. So. Yeah, you had, to, you had to break the mold. Yeah, there you had go. To be, had to be unique. There you go. So here is uh, Superman 8 for Josh, didn't make my list, but was a close, uh, close runner-up. So here's the Superman March. <laughs> similar they're definitely very similar that one they to are. me it's a different character and different speed but it's very melodically similar to the et theme yeah so i don't know why i like uh the et better than that one this one is of course incredibly dramatic and um exciting as well so in any case we're on to me again so here is my I, i've got two olympic fanfares back to back this one is my personal favorite I think the reason why it's just over Summon the Heroes is because the whole fanfare, you know, when you watch the NBC coverage of the Olympics, you hear like the first 20 seconds of these pieces. Um, but they're actually, he did write full fanfares for all of them. And I think this one is a, the most complete and exciting piece from, from front to back. And, and I also think the first 20 seconds that you hear on NBC are, are great. Um, probably the least commonly played one of the three 
on like today's Olympics coverage, but in any case, it, it does happen to be my favorite. This one's called The Olympic Spirit. I imagine most of our listeners, even though this is not as common, will probably recognize this one as well. But but I particularly like this one. I know, Josh, this did not make your list. This did not make my list, and it's because we kind of were trying to go by the rules of two pieces per soundtrack, and I did apply that to the Olympic themes as well. Um, but... The third one will appear in my seven spots, so we, 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 I still have two Olympic themes on my list for sure, and I yeah. really love this piece as well. Okay, cool. Well, we didn't, we'll, we'll get to yours in just one second, but in the meantime, here is a little clip from The Olympic Spirit, My Eight Spot uh, by John Williams. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, I, 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 for some reason, I have a real soft spot for that that one. It's just such a such a good piece. But in any case, we've we've covered all of the major Olympic fanfares here because I know in your seventh spot you've got the final one. I do, I do. I'm sure everybody, if they were tuning into the Olympics just a few weeks ago, they heard this about a thousand times because it's played anytime you come off of commercial on NBC. And I just I love this piece. I have a certain soft spot for it. Um, and it's the second Olympic fanfare. I'm not sure if there's a specific name for it, but it is an Olympic fanfare, which everyone will recognize, I'm sure. How can how can that one not be in your list? That's that's tough for me to comprehend. I must say. Nah, I for me I don't know. It's just a little. It's very like square. You know, it's kind of. I, I don't know what it is, but it just it doesn't. I, I know it's 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 again very memorable because it always is played when the Olympics comes on. But I don't think it says. I like the kind of forward motion of the other ones. This one's very like, very static. It feels to me. Fair enough. In Fair any enough. case, in any case. Yeah. I mean, great one. Absolutely great one and, and another quintessential John Williams. I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. So is it me now? Yeah, your My seventh we already got was The Patriot. Yes. So why don't we skip to my sixth? Sure, your sixth. My sixth, I have a feeling, is one that will reveal one very high on your list because I'm a little lower on... A particular movie that I know you really like, but in my sixth spot, I have Hedwig's theme from Harry Potter. Um, obviously, great theme captures the spirit of Harry Potter very well. Incredibly challenging piece for the orchestra. Also, just a totally different 
sound world from anything we've experienced so far on this podcast and from a lot of John Williams. So really a good illustration in my mind of his stylistic diversity, but I don't know. I mean, it is, it is great, but somehow it just doesn't quite do it for me the same way some of my top three, four, five selections do. Uh, but I know Hedwig's theme is, is very high on your list. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to reveal what spot it is because it is incredibly high on my list. But for me, of all the soundtracks that John William has ever written, um, my favorite movie of them all are the Harry Potter movies by mm-hmm. far. And they're the most memorable for me. I grew up with them. I like them. I like them the most. And so this theme has the most profound impact on me because it makes me think of these movies that I love. Um, but also I, I just love this theme. There's something about the, the bells to start and those incredible violin reels and that, soft trumpet in the back it's just it it takes you to another place which is what it's meant to do there you go well this is the what you hear at the beginning of the harry potter movies so here is hedwig's theme from from harry potter instruments that I just said before are completely wrong so clearly my ear is not quite as attuned to the to the music as yours the violin you got right um celeste to open which is basically bells it's just a piano version of like a glockenspiel little bells and um yeah I mean the opening I was realizing just as we were listening it is I mean I might have been a little harsh putting this sixth because it's just so good so perfect for that movie but there's a lot of good stuff uh, still to come as well. So, oh, so th- these top spots are, are hard to decide between. So in any case, we'll find out where that one is for you later. Um, in the sixth spot, I think we already yes. covered one for you. Yeah, we already covered that one. That's Summon the Heroes for me. I love that piece as well. It gives you a great reminder of the Olympics and is another quintessential John Williams. Lots of brass, lots of timp- timpani, bass drum, lots of percussion as well. Um, so I, I love that one as well. And you stated very eloquently the great aspects of the piece. But we can move on to my fifth one, I think. Yep. And we share this one, right? We have the same same piece here. Yeah. Um, and that is the Indiana Jones theme, which is very recognizable to all people, I'm sure, if they've seen any of the Indiana Jones movies and possibly even if they have not. Um, this one is, I think... A little bit different than a lot of the quid, you know, the the yeah. heavy, heavy brass pieces that we know John Williams for. So it's a little bit, a little bit quieter, a little bit less epic, but I still love it. 
Yeah, I think it's got a kind of... It's got the, like, Indiana Jones riding a horse level of kind of lightness, motion, but also very heroic and uh, just... It, it's one of those things where when you hear the opening, you not only immediately associate it with Indiana Jones and know it, but also it just brings all of those positive memories of the movie of you know every time you hear that in the movie or outside of the movie you get excited it's also one of the most fun ones to conduct for that, for that reason specifically yeah of course and a great this one also has a great john williams does this a lot where there's some sort of rhythmic repetitive rhythm that goes over and over and this one the over and over is just so iconic and you know of, of his marches this is maybe my favorite so in any case here's Raiders March from, from Indiana Jones Yeah, for me, for me, that one is fantastic. And I love the fact that he just uses that single trumpet in that fanfare. Because with all the other ones that we've heard, it's this massive brass section. But you hear this single trumpet, which gives the effect of a lone ranger, you know, someone who's not beholden to any of these laws, which is kind of the character that Indiana Jones plays, who's, you know, a rebel, a, a cowboy type. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's actually a great observation. Like, some of the heroes starts with... 20 trumpets or whatever it might be and this one is like you said a single so perfect so that's uh that's both of our fifths i guess i'll give my fourth sure uh, and then we'll come we'll snake back to you so my fourth is another harry potter i'm using two from this movie this one you know i'm, I'm almost second guessing myself now because the hedwig's theme is so good but i kind of like this this one's kind of more classic john williams very heartwarming, uh, a little more epic, um, and kind of captures the more collegial, friendly spirit of certain elements. It's not the spooky side of Harry Potter, it's the like friendship with Hermione and Ron, and very warm piece in a way. And in any case, this is Harry's wondrous world. I know this one is also up there for you, so we'll we'll get to what your top three are in a moment, but. I love this one, uh, you know, obviously I did because it made it very high on this list, but I think it's just such a good, the Harry Potter soundtrack is so good, and for me this is my favorite theme from it, so here's Harry's Wondrous World. <laughs>
love that piece as well. As you know, I'm very high on Harry Potter here, but there's many themes that appear in that one that we know from the movie. And you actually, in that clip, I don't think we got to my favorite theme of those, which um, to me, I think was adapted or borrowed from the Firebird, which I recently heard you conduct as well. Um, and that is a fantastic theme that we always hear at the end of Harry Potter movies when we've finished the movie. Harry has won this great, you know, he's, he's finished his great deed and it's almost the end of a journey. And there's something about that last theme that I just love about this piece. And so for me, it is the third on my list. And it just reminds me of these incredible movies that they created and the music that goes with it. Yeah, for sure. The, I think the theme you're talking about is, because you mentioned this to me when perform Firebird is the one that goes yeah yep. and the Firebird theme you know I was surprised that you thought of it because it's not exactly the same but uh, I'll play it here and I'm you know it sounds a little bit like this and yeah you it's funny that you just, you instantly made that connection and it's, it's possible. I mean, like I said, I think John Williams gets knocked because a lot of his themes are very simple. You know, this theme, that's just three notes up, three notes down. Um, a lot of themes use that kind of construction. And so he, uh, but he does that so that they're as memorable as they are. But in any case, I, I, I remember when you said that to me, I found that very interesting that, and I hadn't even thought of that myself. So another nice catch by you demonstrating your, uh, the breadth of your classical music knowledge on this podcast right now. Uh, some, some strong references. So we love to see it. So you mentioned your third, but we haven't actually heard your fourth place yet. We're getting to the top here. And so what do you have in, in your fourth slot? So my fourth spot, I don't think there have been any from this movie mentioned yet so far, and I'm sure many of our listeners are wondering where has this movie been. So my fourth is the closing theme from Star Wars. Obviously one of the most quintessential movie soundtracks of all time is the Star Wars film, and I could only choose two, um, but I love this closing theme. It just opens with a mass of trumpets, as we know, John Williams loves to do, and it just, it, it's unfortunate that the movie is ending, but I just love this compilation of all the themes that we've heard in the movie so far, and it's fantastic. Yeah, so this one is, it's called The Throne Room and End Credits. It's third on my list. Many people will know the scene from New Hope where, you know, they've, what do they do? Blow up the Death Star, right? Yeah. You know, and they blow up the Death Star up. and then they're, they come back and there's this big kind of ceremony, very recognizable music. And then the most, the most iconic moment, I think, is when it goes into the end credits, this trumpet fanfare, which we'll play for you now. It's just, there's nothing more. It's, it's so sad. I always, when you get to that moment, it's like, it's so disappointing because the music is so good and it's the end of the movie, you know? And you're like, I'm so excited, but all we've got left is credits. Um, but in any case, the the trumpet entrance to the credits, one of the most iconic moments, I think, in, in all movie music. So here is here's Throne Room and the end credits from, from Star Wars.
Okay, so there we go. That's uh, number four for you. That's number three for me. Yeah. We just we covered your number three. Yes. There. So all we've got left is our top two. I've already mentioned that E.T. was my second. So I think we should reveal. Uh, you should reveal. Well, wh- why don't you reveal what your top choice was? Sure. Absolutely. So my top choice, as uh, many will expect, since I had kind of given it away earlier, is Hedwig's theme. Okay. Um, we nice. had heard it earlier. I just love that piece so much because of all of these pieces, um, I, I feel that that one kind of transports you to a different world. It does, it does the best job of whenever you hear it, you think of this one thing. I think Indiana Jones is incredibly good at that, but I think as a piece of music, it's not quite as good as Hedwig's theme. And so for me, that's why Hedwig's theme is the first, is it's just the best encapsulation of an incredible movie score. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, because I, I agree with, with everything you said there, and I probably put that a little too low on my list. But my number one, which I know is your number two, so yes, you still had it high, is. but my number one is simply because what we just said about how Star Wars, when you hear, you know, you hear the end credits, and it's, uh, it's at the end, my number one is the main theme, opening theme from Star Wars. Of course. Because it's just, I mean... What's better than that? You, you open the movie, you see the Star Wars text, there's always that rolling text that's summarizing what's happened bef- before, but um, the main theme, also just as a piece, is so uh, electric, and it has, it has a lot of different... You get to hear um, a version of like Luke and Leia's love theme, which is actually a great lyrical theme, and... Uh, this very eerie piccolo playing that you, you often associate, you know, when whenever they end the credits and then they zoom down with the camera, yeah. that kind of eerie soundtrack that he creates there, you hear that in the main theme. But still to this day, I'm not sure anything beats for me B-flat major chord, full orchestra to start the movie quite like the Star Wars opening theme. So we already heard Hedwig's your, your number one, but a great choice. But I guess we'll close it out with the last one that we have to hear here, which is my top one and your number two. Absolutely. Uh, Star Wars main theme.
Alright, I had to leave that one playing for a little while because it's just it's just the best. But, yeah, no, but, that is a that is an incredible theme. I will give you that. Yeah, so there we go. That's that's our top ten list for for uh, John Williams pieces. A lot of just misses too. I mean, yeah, we oh, didn't for sure. touch on. What are some of the ones that you were also thinking about that could have made this this top list? Well, I mean, there's definitely some because in Star Wars and Harry Potter, we could only have two. Right. So the Imperial March from Star Wars, which is the Darth Vader theme, yeah. that is incredibly memorable that I'm sure a lot of people will know. That one was a narrow miss on the list, but certainly would have made the top 10 if we could use more than, um, more than two from a movie. Um, I think band. yeah cantina, cantina band. band as well incredibly memorable not necessarily the greatest composition of all time but incredibly memorable yeah um, those are the ones from Star Wars I think those are the main two for me that missed out yeah I would say also up there you know other great movie soundtracks other great pieces you've got Jaws you've got That's Jurassic right. Park right um, Witches of Eastwick is actually a very good soundtrack with some fun pieces. Um, Lincoln. Wrote, Lincoln. Oh, Lincoln is Lincoln has an amazing soundtrack, and that's a, a new kind of recent one. Um, and then Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There are a lot of movies that he composed the soundtracks to that are, are really... Schindler's List is another one. I mean, Schindler's List. Incre- talk about transporting you to a, a different place. Um, but yeah, just... An incredible composer, so hopefully this was fun for our listeners. What I'd encourage them to go do is, one of the most amazing things I think you can do is watch a movie that John Williams composed the soundtrack to, and just, this is usually what I do, admittedly, when I'm watching a movie, is I have kind of part of my attention on the movie and a large part of my attention on the music, some which is sometimes in the background, but if you pay attention to the music, it really is incredible how how much detail there is, how appropriate it is for the scene. And you realize just how incredible it is that he, you know, he was given these scenes without music and he just filled them with, with amazing music. So I'd encourage our listeners to go listen to a John Williams score uh, a little more attentively with a little more focus, like we always talk about on this podcast and just hopefully enjoy it. So I want to thank you, Josh, for putting in a lot of time coming up with this uh, top 10 list and and offering some incredible uh, suggestions here and dropping some incredible classical knowledge on this podcast as well. So as always, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. As always, it's great to be here. And we will be back soon with, with some more content. In the meantime, be sure to go over to attentiontodetailpod.com. We've got a new blog up, and so I would love if you would would check that out. Um, And please throw us a rating, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, It always helps us to get the podcast out to as many people as possible so that they, like you, can hopefully enjoy listening to classical music a little more attentively and really listening to all music. In the case of John Williams, I 100% consider him a classical composer, but also someone who spans multiple if not nearly every genre so that was our top 10 list for john williams joined by my great brother josh and we'll be back shortly with some new episodes thanks as always for listening and see you soon